Let's read here, um, chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy towards all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Well, kind of to review, here we are in Titus chapter 3. We are going through this letter that Paul wrote to Titus in Crete. And we don't know exactly what the situation was. We do have a record of Paul being in Crete, but not planting any churches. But um, anyways, Titus is here. He's working on appointing elders in um, this island in the middle of the Mediterranean. And he's talking about the gospel um, and who God is and how that affects the church, chapter 1, how the church is run. Uh, chapter 2, our daily lives as individuals, uh, whether fathers, mothers, uh, just workers, older women, younger women, older men, younger men. And now in chapter 3, talking about how we relate to others. And just thought it would be good to remind everyone kind of the general overview in terms of the book, but also chapter 3, because we've kind of focused in on a lot of these individual words, and so we don't want to lose sight of the real message here. But He's talking about how the gospel changes how we relate to other people. Specifically, that in light of what God did for us, we treat other people differently because of how God treated us. That when we meet people out in the community, um, or whether that's family members or anyone, that we're meeting people that are just like us, sinners who need a Savior. And that changes the way that we treat every person. Um, because we're all in the same boat here. And so that's kind of the overview, but now we're kind of zooming in on the specific section where Paul is talking about the gospel and looking at it from different angles. And last time we looked at how the gospel isn't just a ticket to heaven. It's not just this thing that God does for us and we just can be thankful um, for how we get this thing we looked at how the gospel is the overflow of the heart of God towards us and focused on the person behind the persons behind the gospel, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who from all eternity planned to save sinners. And so really focusing in on not just what God has done for us, but who God is and how that flows into what he's done for us. We don't want to miss that, and so we talked about that. And this uh, week we're going to focus in on actually going to split it into two messages, but talk about justification. And so let's look here again. That's all kind of just background where we've, where we've been and where we are in context. And let's look here at specifically verses 4 through 7. And so we're going to kind of hit the beginning and the end of this section. 
But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. That's what we covered last time where we're talking about who God is, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the heart of God behind the gospel. Now verse 5, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that, being justified by his grace we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So we're going to focus in on where he's talking about we're not saved by works, instead we're justified by grace, and focus in on this idea of justification. And like I said, you're going to split it up into two weeks. I was talking to my wife and I said I got, I've got four points, but they're really nine points because the last one has like four subpoints or, or whatever, five. And she's like, yeah, you need to split that up. <laughs> she's like, nobody's going to remember that. And I thought, yeah, that's probably right. Um, so splitting it up. And also we're going to have communion here. So I um, thought it would be better to have one shorter message here. Uh, split into two. So, okay. So let's talk about this word justified. And many of you probably have heard lots of messages on this idea of being justified. Um, there's a Greek dictionary that is called Bauer's Dictionary. And basically, the way he does it, and he actually has help, whatever, um, some people, it's the initials for the dictionary, B-D-A-G, so people call it B-D-A-G. But basically what he does is he looks at a word that's been used, and he sees how it's used in the Bible, but then he collects all the usages from all the Greek, that Koine Greek that we can find, that we still have copies of, and then kind of writes this definition and this is what, um, it's kind of like the definitive. And a lot of times there's multiple different uses. And justification is not easy because there are kind of a lot of uses. And um, it's not an easy thing to just translate one-to-one into English. But here's one um, of the definitions and that I'm going to kind of lean into today. And this is what he's, he says. To cause someone to be released from personal or institutional claims that are no longer considered pertinent or valid to make free or pure. I'm going to read it one more time because it's kind of wordy. But To cause someone to be released from personal or institutional claims that are no longer to be considered pertinent or valid, make free or pure. So the reason I'm kind of picking this one out is, one, he talks about in verse 5, God's saving us, which is just kind of this overarching Salvation. It doesn't say something very specific. Um, it's just saved us. And then from what? Um, and then in verse 7 it talks about being justified by his grace. And so we're going to kind of talk about this word justification. I think it's helpful to think about it as being freed from any claims upon us. And it kind of uh, brings to light some things in some of these verses. I'll give you an example here uh, how this word is used this way and translated this way, and also kind of give you a, a feel for it. It's a little bit difficult to get all the meanings over right into English, but in Acts 13.38, I'll read it to you if you, if you um, want to turn there, you can. But in Acts 13.38, it says this. Um, I'm going to read it at several different times in different translations. It says, Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through him, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and through him, everyone who believes is freed from all things 
from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. So here's a word, no word justification there in English, but the word freed is actually the word justified there. That justification is freeing you. And in this case, it's talking about freeing you from the law. That God frees us from the law through Jesus Christ. A couple other ones that kind of translations, that was the New American Standard. And I'll give you another one that gives the word justification. This is the, the net. Therefore, let it be known to you, brothers, that through this one, Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by this one, everyone who believes is justified from everything which the law of Moses could not justify you. So it gives like kind of a literal sense, but it's kind of clunky. Justified from everything which the law of Moses could not justify you. It doesn't really, it doesn't, you kind of need both pieces to get it, to really get it across. Uh, the NIRV, um, if you don't know this, I kind of have plugged this version several different times. It's the New International Reader's Version, NIRV. And basically, their goal was to get it down to a third grade level. So instead of the word serpent, they put in the word snake. I think it's really helpful. And just coming from a teaching background, there's a lot of people um, who don't read at a seventh or eighth grade level where a lot of the uh, the the Bible translators kind of hit. And so whether that's Bibles in the jail or whether that's um, family members or kids still learning to read, I just recommend the NIRV. Um, it's good translation, and it really is nice to have something that's down at like a third grade level rather than like an eighth or ninth grade level. So anyways, just commit that to you. But this one... Uh, I'll read that to you, NIRV, on this verse. I want to. I announce to you that your sins can be forgiven because of what Jesus has done. Through him, everyone who believes is made right with God. Moses' law could not make you right in God's eyes. So, again, kind of simplifying it down, but made, being made right with God. And so that's kind of getting across this idea of justification. Okay, so we're talking about this idea of justification, and now... We kind of looked at, literally, it's talking about freeing us from these legal claims on us. And so then it brings up this question, what? What was the claim upon us that Jesus freed us from? What are we saved from? How are we found, you could say, found not guilty? How is that? What is it? Why do we need this? And a couple points here. One, every human being is going to be judged by God. Every person. In Hebrews it says, Just as it, appoint, as it is appointed for man once to die, after that comes the judgment. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So here it talks about every person is appointed for man once to die, and then comes the judgment. We are all going to stand under Almighty God and give an account, it says, for everything done in the body, whether good or bad. We're going to give an account for everything we've ever done. Not only everything we've ever done, everything we've ever thought. All the things we wanted to do that we couldn't do, even sins that we never got a chance to commit, but we wanted to do, we thought about, we imagined, or whatever. All those things, we're going to be giving an account before God. Because God's the one who made us, just like Andy was talking about. He is the one uncreated being who made everything else, and because he made us all, 
uh, we are accountable to him to do what he's asked us to do. And so we're all going to stand before God. And he's going to judge us. Whether we did what he asked us to do or whether we didn't. And so that's the claim we're under. Well, here's the thing. Um, Second point. Not only are we all going to give an account before God, if we're all honest, we know we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of what God has asked us to do. None of us hit the mark. We've all fallen well short of what God has asked um, every human being to do. Uh, Romans says it this way. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. I'm going to pause right there and tell you this. Another thing about this word justification is it's linked to the word righteous. So it's very similar um, in Greek to the word righteous. And so sometimes define justification as being made righteous or declared righteous. None is righteous, no, not one. No one who understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. So that every mouth will be stopped. So... The reason we need to be freed, the reason we need to hear about justification, being made right with God, being freed from the demands of the, of the law, being freed from our guilty verdict, is because we've sinned, because we are guilty, because we've fallen short. Because when we meet God on Judgment Day, no one is going to stand before God and say, I've done everything that you wanted me to do and even more, and uh, I know that. In our heart, God has given us a conscience, and we know that we haven't lived up to even the things that we want others to do. How many times have we expected someone else to act a certain way? How could that person be so rude, you know? Um, It wasn't my fault. And then we turn around, and when we are having a a day where the schedule's off or a rough time, and then we do the same thing. You know, even the way we expect others to act, we don't follow that. We're going to... We're going to give an account, and it's not going to be pleasant, right? It's going to be hard. I could say it this way, maybe personalize it. Imagine after the meeting, uh, you had to just tell me the worst thing you've ever done. Just look me in the eye, tell me, hey, this is the worst thing I ever did, um, or even wanted to do. That'd be hard. (laughs) And here's the deal. I'm a broken person like you, right? Like, I'm not perfect. I've sinned. And if it'd be hard to look me in the eye and tell me, How much more God, almighty God, who loves you, who's never done any wrong to you, who gave you life and breath and every good gift you've ever received, it's all been from him. And then to look him in the eye and say, yeah, this is what I did with it. How much harder would that be? Much harder. Infinitely harder. Um, Like I said, I'm a broken person just like you. If it's hard to tell me, imagine Jesus who loves you and has always been good to you, always been calling you to himself. And to say, hey, this is, this is what I've done with what you've given me. This has been my attitude. This has been the words that came out of my mouth. It's, and so, 
We need justification. <laughs> we need to be justified through the blood of Jesus, that we can be saved, not through our own effort, like he says. So then let's talk about that. Specifically, we see that God's going to judge everyone, that all have sinned, but then what's being offered here in this text, in the gospel, is being freed from those demands that were on you. Now, think about what we've talked about here in terms of justification as the idea of being freed from the demands laid on you, okay? And let's think about some of these texts that are common and see how that really brings to light what the idea of justification is. So many of you know these verses already. I'm going to just, we're going to read like four or five here. Um, if you want to turn there, feel free. But Romans 8, 33 through 34 is going to be the first one. And as we like think about this and look at this, really notice this idea of freedom that comes with justification and what specifically it's saying here. Romans eight thirty-three through thirty-four. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed who indeed is interceding for us. So it's contrasting justified. God is the one who justifies with two different things here. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? So you see how the idea of justifying is freeing us from any demands laid on us. And so he's saying, who's going to come and lay a demand on you and lay a burden on you that you're bound to? No one. Why? Because God has justified you. God's freed you from all those legal demands. Who is to condemn so that's kind of the judgment side of the burden. So to say someone is guilty, then you, the verdict would be condemnation, um, punishment for what you've done. And so here, Paul, again, is highlighting the idea that because of what Christ did, that can't happen. There's no person that can come and lay this burden on us um, because of what he did, because Christ freed us from all that. There's nobody that can come and lay that burden on us, and therefore, they can't condemn us. We can't be condemned before God, because Christ is the one who's freed us from all those demands that were on us. Uh, Romans 5 here, same kind of idea. 5.16, I'll read that as well. Very similar, bringing out this idea of justification versus condemnation. Kind of showing the two sides of this. If the negative side of not being justified is being condemned, meaning the burden is on you and here's the punishment for it. The opposite would be justification. There is no burden upon you. You're free to go, basically, out of the courtroom. So 5.16, And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment, falling one trespass, has brought condemnation. But the free gift, falling many trespasses, brought justification. The free gift is what Jesus purchased for us on the cross and see it's contrasting there, condemnation versus justification. That Christ is the one that will free us from being condemned by taking all those burdens off of us, the burdens of our sin, of our guilt, before God. Let's do two more here. Second Corinthians five nineteen through 21. I'll read this one to you here. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against him and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. 
let's just stop right there. No word justification there, but it's the ideas coming across that he's not counting our trespasses against us. That burden that was on us, the legal burden, we've been freed from that. We've been justified. We've been, that burden's been taken off us. The legal demand has been freed from us. So when you think about justification, you can think it's not counted against you. Your sin is not counted against you. You're actually counted righteous in the end. Um, you're saying there's no burden. Christ has freed us from all this, the, the demands that the law would have have upon us because of what he did on the cross. It's by grace. So, like I said, I'm going to kind of split this up into, into two parts, but I'm going to kind of wrap up what we said, re-say it once again, but then also kind of bring in a story. Um, so one thing we didn't really hit is that, and we're going to hit it next week kind of in more detail, but specifically, we can't do this for ourselves. Once we're guilty, we're guilty. We can't take that guilt away. We can't wash it away. That's what he's talking about here in verse 5. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. That we're justified by grace. It's a free gift. You know, the word grace we talked about, it's a gift. It's free. We are justified freely by Jesus. We can't do it ourselves. And it's obvious that we can't take away guilt once we've committed a crime. Even in our modern legal system, you know, you know this. If somebody's speeding down the road here, if I, the officer pulls me over, you know, I'm late, which we were late this morning, but I wasn't speeding. Um, but if I was speeding um, and the officer pulled me over, I couldn't say, well, here's a list of all the times I didn't speed. Right? All the good things don't outweigh the guilt, right? If I broke the law, I've broken the law. And that's what James talks about. If somebody has broken the law, they're guilty before all of it. Um, you can't say, well, look at all the times I, I did, the good, did the right thing, did the good thing. That doesn't cancel out. If we break the law, we're guilty, period. We've broken the law, period. Uh, there's no taking that back by doing good things. That uh, This desire that human beings have to clean themselves up, to justify themselves, to have a, we call it self-righteousness, Justification is getting Christ's righteousness, is being freed from our sin because of what Christ did for us. It's not cleaning ourselves up. It's not being better the next time. It's totally other. And you see that in even the phrasing um, of this section. Um, let me read it to you and, and notice. Notice this strange kind of tense or, or way it's said. So that, be, this is Titus 3.7, so that being justified by his grace being justified by his grace. It's, it's something that's happening to us from the outside. We are being justified. We're not justifying ourselves. We're not presenting ourselves you know, for justification or earning justification. It's something that is happening to us from the outside. Christ is saving us. Christ is the one taking those burdens off our, our back, the legal demands of sin uh, that we have, all of us, because of what we've done. He's the one pulling those off. We can't pull it off ourselves. We can't clean ourselves up enough to wash away our sin. It's totally hopeless to try and clean yourself from your own sin. It's never going to work. But there is someone who's offering that freedom, the freedom, forgiveness, full forgiveness. It's Jesus. But he is the one that does it. It's not something we cooperate with him. It's something where he totally saves us. We're being justified by his grace. By grace, by it's a gift. 
And so we can be thankful. The only way that that's not good news is if you and your heart really, and this is where we are as lost people, um, at all of us before coming to Christ, we wanted to clean ourselves up. We'd rather clean ourselves up. I'd rather do it myself. I'd rather have a self-righteousness, something in me that commends me to God, rather than being bankrupt and saying, I'm trapped, I don't have anything to offer to God, I need you to just come save me by grace, by freely, by a gift, not because of anything in me. I need you to save me because I'm bankrupt. And I, I'm powerless, I can't do it. But that's the reality. That's where we really are. In our heart, though, uh, if we're honest, we want the other. We want to say, there's something in me, there's something good in me. And we've got to renounce that. We've got to say, you know what? I'm leaning all on Jesus because I can't do it. And so I'll give you a, kind of a, a real-life parable. It's actually, it's so sad. It's really sad, but that's the state we're in. And understand, um, I've shared this before in talking about justification, but my grandpa... Uh, he died when my dad was three years old. And I can't remember if I told this story correctly the last time or not because I looked up the... Actually, my dad sent me the article from the newspaper, the Kansas City Star, about it. And I've learned some things that I may have said this wrong last time. But my grandfather was a welder, okay? And he went to this... He was called into this... Um, at one point, I thought it was a vault, but actually it wasn't a vault. It was basically a chemical of industrial furnace. So it was like a vault, basically like a huge, super thick, like two foot thick doors at this chemical plant or whatever. And he had to, he, they called him in to weld and he had a partner, welding partner. They lived in Independence, but this was a job was in Kansas. And it was this big chemical plant or whatever. So they called him in to weld and they declared it gas free because it's an oven, basically an industrial oven where they would cook all these chemicals. And it wasn't. And so when the welder cut through, there was gas, there was an explosion, it blew this huge door, like two foot thick. Like, imagine the vault door if you've been in a bank and seen those huge. And uh, it fell on him and crushed him. And he died, actually. Um, really sad. And, yeah, it's very sad. But that's the state we're in, apart from sin, right? We're trapped under a door that we can't lift. No hope. There's no hope of, of, if you've got a couple thousand pound door, there's no way you're going to lift it off yourself. And that's where we are under sin. We're totally trapped. And it's not going to be us saying, hey, can somebody come over here and we'll work together and get this off? You need somebody to rescue you. That's where you're at under sin. You've got sin on your account, and you can try it your hardest for the rest of your life. You're never going to budget an inch. But there's somebody willing to help you. Jesus. And here comes Christ, and he's saying, look, hey, I want to point out that you've got a door, you know, of sin that you can't wash away, you can't lift, you can't move, but I'm willing to take it for you. I'm willing to pull it off of you. You could never do it yourself. And here's the sad part. Many, many, many people are saying, one, I'm fine. I'll do it myself. Think about that. There's no hope. We're not going to stand before God and be able to give our list of good deeds and say, hey, God, I'm right before you because look, look at who I am. Look how good I am. Look at all these things I've done. It's never going to be, it's never going to wash that sin away. And we know that. I've told this story before, but I like to use this when I talk to, well, a lot of people, um, whether it's Muslims or whether it's 
um, Mormons or, or whatever, somebody who's really trying to work their way to heaven, and I'll say, do you really believe good deeds can outweigh bad deeds? You know, and of course, that's the whole point. And they say, yes, absolutely. And so I'll, I'll say, well, how many brothers and sisters do you have? And they'll tell me. And I'll say, imagine if it was 10, okay? You've got 10. And your dad was the best dad in the world to nine of you. But he abused you. He deserves a reward, right? His good deeds outweigh his bad. Ten, nine to one. They say, no. He deserves punishment. And I'll say, what if it was 100? 100 kids. And, you, and only one was abused. Doesn't he deserve a reward? No. He deserves punishment. And I'll say, what about you? You know, like, before God. 99 out of 100 people, are you the best person in the world to them? And mistreat one. Like, are your good deeds really out? 99 to 1 outweighing? Or I'll, I'll use the same illustration except a firefighter. You know, imagine a firefighter committed arson and somebody died. He can't say, I saved 20,000 people and I only killed one. I deserve a reward. Right? And even those people who are trying to work their way will agree, like, yeah, that firefighter deserves punishment. 20,000 to one. And I'll say, do you really have hope, you know, that you can wash away your sins by your good deeds? And sometimes, you know, different responses, but at least they know, you know, when you talk to them, they know, like, good deeds don't outweigh bad deeds. And that's all of us. We're all under the door. You know, we're all crushed by, sin, by the weight of sin. And here comes Jesus, and he's offering to pull it off. We just have to realize and humble ourselves and say, look, I'm hopeless, and I'm helpless apart from you. Will you do it? And he's willing. And that's good news. It's good news that he's willing to take, take our sin and free us. And, you know, I like that, you know, idea of saving, right? We could say it that way. He saves us, right, from our sin, from the guilty verdict, from the wrath of God. We're saved through Jesus. Or we're freed from the penalty of that sin um, through his justifying blood. And so here we are today. I mean, we're going to take communion and there's an opportunity just to reflect again on the gospel, on this one aspect of justification, of being free from the burden of guilt through the blood of Jesus, and we can be thankful. And, again, just to summarize and put it back into context, how this changes how we interact with other people, right? That when we interact with people in the community, justification should change. Justification by grace, through faith, should change how we interact with people. Because we're not better than anyone. You know, I, I'll take like one minute here and give you a plug. I've been listening to this um, news podcast um, that is different. It's called um, The Pour Over. It's only like five minutes. But I like it because they'll give you like the two-minute facts, and then they'll always end it with a uh, kind of an encouragement about spiritual things. So for an example, they say, so, such and such is going on at the U.N., and then they'll give you all the details. And then they'll say, this is not unimportant, but we need to remember it's not all important. God's still on the throne. God's still in charge. Just like that little thing just changes, at least for me, my mindset. It's been really encouraging me. So it's called, it's called the Pour Over Podcast. It's news. But anyways, this last week, they were talking about some terrorists that had been, um, you know, executed or whatever by a government. And the way they ended that, they were saying this is what happened and, and all that. 
and said, but we need to all remember that we have all fallen short and we're not, apart from the grace of God, we wouldn't be any better. And we don't want to believe that. And that's, um, we look to the Lord or something like that. And it was really encouraging. It was like so different. And um, really keeps, I think the goal is kind of keep your mind on Jesus, right? Christ-centered and here's this that's going on. We don't want to be uninformed, but we don't want to be consumed, right? And so it's kind of trying to thread the needle there. But anyways, all that is to say, right, justification changes the way we interact in the world, right? Because we've been freely justified, not because of anything we've done, not because we're awesome people, not because we're the best people, but because we're just like everybody else, sinners in need of grace, then we interact differently. Um, We're not looking down on others, right? We're not above them. Uh, We're exactly in the same boat they are. We may be just on the other side of being saved by Jesus. Um, But that doesn't change our worth or their worth, that uh, we identify with them and we come alongside them. So we're going to talk more about it, kind of a little bit of a hard cut here, (laughs) but I'm going to try and cut this in half rather than go on and then do communion and, and the meal. So we're going to talk more about justification, the importance, kind of get into more of the details. Um, but today, just to leave you with the thought of we can worship God. We can marvel that he would want to save us because it's, it's different than just seeing somebody who needs rescued. It's seeing somebody who's placed themselves in a position of needing to be rescued, who sometimes don't even or want to be rescued, and yet he's coming in and rescuing and saving us from our sins. And so we can be thankful and we can worship him and we can trust him and not lean in in any way on our own works, not even functionally. You know, when we sin this week, when we, you sin later today, and I sin later today, what, what's our response going to be? Not clean ourselves up, run to Jesus, and say this is how I always need you. I always am looking to you to save me, to wash me, and I can't clean this up. I can't be better next time and wash it away. I'm, I'm looking to you to cover my sins by your blood, and I'm thankful that you will and that you love me. And so that's where we're at. That's where we we need the Lord, and we can be thankful for him. So why don't we pray here, and then I think uh, we're going to take communion. Father, I just pray that um, this would be real in our hearts and our lives and affect us. Pray it would be clear. Um, Thank you, Jesus, for being willing to die on our behalf. Thank you for loving sinners. Thank you for saving us when we couldn't save ourselves. Thank you for freeing us from the guilty verdict um, that we deserve and the punishment we deserve. I pray you'd save many people. I pray you'd save people in our families. I pray you'd save people in Kirksville. Um, we just need you. Have mercy. Save people. Help us this week not to lose sight of what you've done for us. We don't want to try and justify ourselves but just lean into what you've done for us on the cross. We ask all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.